No matter how you connect with Allstate, you're in good hands. You'll find all our discounts for all your home and auto insurance needs online or by calling 888-ALLSTATE. Discounts vary by state and are subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernil. Carol serves as the executive director of the Wellman Charitable Foundation. She has a master's degree in social gerontology, nearly 30 years' experience in the field of aging and caregiving. She was one of Next Avenue's top 50 influencers on aging, and we come to you every week with Caregiver SOS On Air. And it's a pleasure because we take up so many different topics and issues that help caregivers. And today, Carol, we talk about MS and helping caregivers who may have MS. Well, you know, it's such an important topic to talk about um, some of the challenges uh, the people that we're caring for face and the caregivers face. And Barbara um, has some wonderful ideas and advice for us on just those day-to-day challenges that any of us could face. Um, And so having Barbara Ashcroft is a great pleasure. Well, she is an author, an inventor, and a patent holder. Barbara's lived with MS for 38 years and has been managing caregivers for some 10 years. She has an ebook which includes information on problem-solving strategies for wheelchair users and others with disabilities. She empowers individuals and their caregivers to find solutions to help maximize their independence. Barbara has an EDD from the University of Memphis undergraduate. She went to Rhodes College in Memphis. And she tells me she loves inventing things and playing with cool technology. And it's a pleasure to welcome you to Caregiver SOS on air, Barbara Ashcroft. Well, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Uh, Tell us how you ended up in in a field where you're trying to help caregivers and their families uh, deal with the kind of issues that as someone with MS you've dealt with. Well, um, I moved in with my sister in 2010. In 2014, uh, we asked our mother if she would like to move in with us. She was living in a beautiful uh, senior living facility, but she had Parkinson's and developed some hospital-acquired uh, issues with uh, her hip or after her hip replacement surgery. So she came to live with us, and one of her caregivers that we hired was a rehabilitation nurse. And when she saw some of the things I was doing, she said, Barbara, you need to tell people about some of these things. And I very reluctantly said, okay, I'll write a book. And But uh, I don't write easily. And so we decided pictures and I'll just talk about it. One other thing that happened 
that, that made it possible to write the book is that Apple uh, developed a new technology within their accessibility uh, options. One is called voice control. So I could use, uh, use my voice, set up voice commands and do what I needed to do. Uh, and then I had a lot of help. Well, that, that's terrific. Um, so what, were, what did the rehabilitation nurse see you doing that she thought would be helpful for others to know? Well, uh, two of those things I can tell you about, I um, have gotten the patents on. One is a dressing aid. Um, I found a dressing stick cumbersome and it took longer than I wanted because I had things I wanted to do. So I developed an aid that helped me get on underwear, pants uh, quickly and a lot easier than using a stick. Another was an eating aid that uh, I called the sandwich gripper. Um, I don't know what this. This call may be recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> Somebody's calling us. Yeah, somebody's calling you. If you are over 50. Oh, it's a spammer's got you. Yeah, the spammer's nailed you. But usually I have to answer the phone. They don't just start talking like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so the sandwich gripper and the... Um, the well, describe the eating aid for us. Oh, well, it is... Um, uh, it's like two boxes, an inner box and an outer box. So you hold on to the outer box and um, you put your sandwich in and it sits on top of the inner box. And then you can just, I lower it in my lap, push up the sandwich as you eat it. Um, ah. uh, but a lot of it is about holding it. And I would get a deli wrap kind of paper and put it on a, a hamburger or, or whatever sandwich. But, and it started out well enough, but then it would get messy and they're just, uh, the sandwich gripper is a better idea. Well, we're going to continue the conversation in a moment. Stay with us, Barbara. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air if you just joined us. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernel, and we're talking with Barbara Ashcroft about uh, a person like her living with MS and how she can provide adaptations and help for caregivers who may also have a disability, including MS. And I think uh, in many ways, Barbara, that's an invisible part of our society. Uh, if you're not part of it, you don't realize what those issues are. Uh, that That is true. Um, and I... I feel like everything is my responsibility ultimately. I am fortunate enough that I'm I um am aware and can communicate. So I tell caregivers it's kind of a it's a collaborative kind of thing. It takes two of us and one of our problems our biggest problem 
is that we're talking so much that we, you know, forget something. Uh, but that's why there's two of us, and hopefully one of us will remember if something needs to be done. Well, you mentioned um, that you've got an ebook, and I, I believe I heard you say something for for wheelchair users. Uh, what are we getting wrong, or what do we need to know about helping someone who's in a wheelchair? Well, I uh, the first thought is uh, d- it depends on what they want to do. I have always thought, as I was uh, getting used to having MS, that I can do what I used to do, but I might have to do it a little differently. Um, and so things like going out the front door or into the garage, if you're going, if you're on wheels going down a ramp, it is not easy to close the door behind you. So um, I started with, you know, just a rope to pull. But then my dad had a better idea. And I talk about this in the book, that with one pulley and one rope, I can just grab the rope as I'm going down the ramp, just pull it and the door shuts and that. That gives you, it it reduces frustration when there is a way you can do something and just makes you feel uh, like a little more independent. Um, And how do you make sure that little chihuahua of yours doesn't run out the door after you? Oh, my goodness. A little chihuahua is really um, an 80-pound um part lab and maybe part uh, great pyrenees so she's very noticeable you can't she can't just slip out while i'm going out um but you know uh training is good like stay <laughs> there you go and it works often most of the time now, folks who may have MS or uh, some other disability who become a caregiver, uh, is there something uh, in, in your book that can help them begin the first steps of how to adapt to that new life? Um, well, uh, I'm not sure. I hope I hope there are things in there, lots of of little things about activities of daily living and eating and dressing. Um, But what I would say is uh, just uh, to communicate, make sure you're communicating well, that the caregiver and the care recipient are are just comfortable talking about things and, and problem solving, which is what it is. Every Everything's going to change and things are new and you just have to take one thing at a time and and brainstorm and start uh, figuring out the best way that things can be done. 
Well, I heard you say that, you know, it was important for you to feel independent and to help maintain that independence. So is that part of the conversation is how much you as the care recipient might want to do on your own versus having done for you? I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't know that it's an either or you do it or I do it. Let's do it together. Um, no, that's a that's a great distinction be, uh, that it, things are not black and white. And, and when I hear you saying there's a give and take and there's a us together, um, and that conversation is really important. Stay with us just a minute. We're going to come right back to you. We're talking about caregiving for folks who may have MS or another disability and how to manage that life. Barbara Ashcroft, our special guest, I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Thank you for joining us and sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Well, we appreciate you staying with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking with Barbara Ashcroft. Uh, she is an author, an expert on dealing with caregiver issues for people with MS and other disabilities. She herself has been dealing with MS for some 38 years, and we're talking about ways in which the caregiver can adjust to their life, not only with the disability they may have, but trying to help someone uh, who is their care recipient. Carol, you had a question for her. Well, you know, it occurred to me that maybe there are folks listening who aren't familiar with MS. So, Barbara, can you tell us um, what is MS? What has been the the impact? You know, what do you what does one typically see uh, if one has MS and how do you get diagnosed? Well, MS is an autoimmune condition, um, and there are tons of research. It's been around for many, many years. Uh, I was diagnosed in 1985. The first thing I noticed was eyesight issues. I was outside. I would get hot, and um, I would there would be a glare. And uh, then I would start having trouble walking. Um, So, but for every person with MS, uh, the symptoms are very different. But these days, um, it's uh, easy, relatively easy uh, to be uh, diagnosed. And I don't consider myself an expert on MS other than my 38 years of living with it. But it appears that there's a genetic predisposition maybe to having MS, but also a viral trigger because you can have identical twins 
and uh, one can have MS and one not. And so I was diagnosed in the 85. It was in 2021 uh, or 22 that I learned that they think they know what the viral trigger might be. And this was from research done uh, with uh, folks in the military. And it looks like maybe the viral trigger is Epstein-Barr virus, which is, I thought it was some mysterious, hard to find uh, virus that might be caused the viral trigger, but maybe it's just so common that nobody thought of it. So Epstein-Barr, which I think like 90% of people in the United States have been exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus. Um, but I think that might be the the viral trigger. Well, now, when, you're in a go, go ahead, Carol. No, I was going to say when you were diagnosed, um, did you, you know, were you what were you facing? I mean, what were your thoughts? Were you thinking about disability or what were your thoughts when you first heard it was MS diagnosis? Well, you know, I was uh, very lucky in that um, I I first had some eye tests and I they didn't tell me anything about what it might mean, but I overheard a doctor say optic neuritis. I went home and my father, who was in the vision field of uh, teaching folks who want to work with kids with uh, who are blind, uh, I looked up optic neuritis and I saw MS in the list, uh, but didn't even think about it. But when I was diagnosed, uh, I well, it was okay because I knew someone with MS. So I went home that night and called her, Priscilla, what am I going to do? I, have, I might have MS. I probably have MS. And she told me who to call and what to do. So it was a lot less frightening for me than I think it might be for a lot of people. Uh, the lifespan is um, maybe close to normal. And a lot of people these days, because of um, uh, drugs, medicines uh, that can treat uh I'm trying to think of the term for. Anyway, you can treat symptoms, but there are uh, monoclonal antibody treatments now that uh, can affect the course of MS. And I had heard that people diagnosed now probably won't need a wheelchair, which is wonderful news. Um, that is, that's great that they've made advances. And that's what we, we hope in so many cases. Yeah, disease-modifying drugs make a difference in the trajectory of your progression. So that's it's good news these days. What are some of the other challenges that you face uh, as someone with MS, and how did that impact your ability to help care for your mom? Well, I was very, very fortunate in that we hired caregivers 
Um, and my mom had specifically said, said she'd like to move in with us, but she didn't want to, uh, for us to have to make changes to our lives to care for her. And so we were very fortunate and hired caregivers. Now that, that it took some, uh, experimenting to get that right. We tried, um, uh, caregiver agencies and we ended up deciding we want to find our own caregivers. Um, and one of them happened to be a rehab nurse. She's the one that told me uh, about using or letting other people know about my, about those inventions. Yeah, she loved your invention. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but, I, but I think that's an important point that you just made is that a lot of caregivers don't realize, A, there are, there are different ways to get the help that you need. One might be a professional agency, but sometimes the professional agencies are short-staffed or have staff that maybe don't have the kind of training that you, as the person needing the care, would want them to have. And so going out and and finding your own and interviewing your own people uh, to be a caregiver uh, is another choice. And it's it's a wonderful choice. We have um, a, a very small group. But we consider it a team, and we have said to our caregivers, we are family first uh, group here. And so on our team, we all support each other. So when our caregivers need to care for their family or their kids or whatever, we are going to support each other. and. The other caregivers will step in and um, cover a shift. Um, and we have a unique, well, I don't know if it's unique, but we decided we have a caregiver come at 8.30 p.m. and sleep here and get up in the morning and help get me going. And then they uh, go home. So I don't need somebody here all the time, but uh, it's a wonderful shift because then people are here, the weather's getting bad or anything, they're here at 8.30 and don't have to come in, you know, uh, real late and they don't have to leave real early in the traffic. Um, So... That works for us, but it's just so different for everybody. Talk to us a little bit. One of the things you uh, said to me off the air is that you uh, are really interested in cool technologies. <laughs> and are there newer and newer technologies that can be uh, employed in, in caregiving and in your work? You mentioned the Apple Voice Assist. Oh, yes. That is incredible. I've been using voice dictation uh, since the late 90s. So the quality of uh, voice dictation, which I give a lot of credit to IBM. Did you see that when the IBM computer was 
competing on Jeopardy. And yeah, that was Watson. Watson, that's right, Watson. And that was so cool. And I, I, that seemed to be, to me, a part of the kind of a quantum leap improvement in technology. But in 2019, Apple, um, in their latest operating system, in, introduced voice control. So I can talk to my computer and it'll type in what I'm saying. But I can also say go from dictation mode to spelling mode. So if you want to need to edit something, if you want to put one letter in the middle of a word, you don't want it to put that letter in and then go advance a space. So if you say spelling mode, um, you can you can put a letter or two in the middle of a word and um, it doesn't advance the space. The other thing that's good is if you go into spelling mode, then if somebody walks into your room is talking, the computer is not going to type in what they say. So anyway. Well, Barbara, I got to stop you right there. We are flat okay. out of time. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Carol Zerniel, our co-host. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for being with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up. When I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like. Rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted. Based on my chromosomes. When I grow up. I want to be offended by my coworkers. And walk around the office. On eggshells. And have my words policed. By HR. Words like. Grandfather. Peanut gallery. Long time no see. No can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work.